That's great. Aloha. Welcome to Mission Church. It is so good to have you here and join us for this really special day. Um, today we're in our last service or our last message of our uh, the, the sermon series called Our Story. And um, for those of you who are interested in joining the membership of the church, immediately after the service, come over to the fireside room, because that's where I'll be. I want to confirm that you're interested in joining the church and answer any questions that you might have about joining the church and what that might be. And so please come and join us in the fireside. What's going on? Oh, hello? Hey, Gordon, oh. are you busy? Uh, yeah, I'm about to preach my sermon. What's going oh. on? Okay, this will only take a minute. Okay. I won't be in church next Sunday, so I was wondering if there's another opportunity for me to join the church. Hey, Steve, yeah, we can work that out. Are you out uh, of town? Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you an important family trip? Um, yeah, that's it. An important family trip. Ah, I see. Okay, well, take good care of your family, and uh, we'll see you when we get back, and uh, we'll, we'll work it out with you, okay? Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, well, with that, if you can't make it next Sunday, uh, like Steve and maybe some others, for the induction of membership, and you still want to join the church, we'll find another opportunity to induct you in as members. Whew, we got through that. <laughs> oh, well, like I said, today is the, the, the last sermon in our series called Our Story. And it's a, a great opportunity for us to, um, to, to have a class, uh, have a, a sermon series in lieu of a membership class for those who might want to join the church. But I want to make something very, very clear and let you know that if, if, um, if, you're, if, if membership is not your cup of tea, right, that's not something that, that you're... Uh, you're wanting to do, and you're a part of this church, it's okay. You don't have to be a member to be a part of this church. And, and we, we welcome that. So I just want you to know, if you're not going to join the church in membership, we still love that you're a part of this church and that you are here. But if you do want to join the church and you want to be a part of the membership, we want to make sure that you know our history, Right? You know our beliefs, and just as important, you know our expectations of membership for the life of this church. We have taken the last six weeks to prepare our members for this very important thing, because we believe in it strongly. We're not just taking two hours on a Saturday morning to just kind of run through those things that people do in membership and, and induct people in. This is way too important. So we're taking our time and making sure that everybody that wants to come in and join in the membership understand fully what it is. Eyes wide open. Because we want our members to know our story so that they can be a part of our story. But I want you to know, just as important as that, we want to know your story because your story becomes our story as well too. And so I'm excited to share this last message in our series called Our Story, and it is the expectations of membership, kind of part two. 
Last week, we shared the first part of the expectations. And last week, we talked about the three expectations that Jesus had for his disciples. We shared the great commandment, the great commission, and then we also shared Acts 1.8. The great commandment, Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said that's the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Then he shared the great commission where he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, Jesus promises, I will be with you to the very end of the age. And then Acts 1.8, Jesus says to his disciples, When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And I thought about that. We have a name for um, Matthew 22. We call it the Great Commandment. We have a name for Matthew 28. That's the Great Commission. But we don't have a name for Acts 1.8. We just call it Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We should give it a name, right? Like um, the Great Commitment. So we've got the Great Commandment the Great Commission, and the great commitment to be witnesses for Jesus. Now, going forward, if you ever hear anyone refer to Acts 1-8 as the Great Commitment, it started right here, all right? (laughs) And so Jesus gave us these three great things. And the big takeaway that I want you all to know from last Sunday is this, that clearly communicated expectations help everyone, right? Because if you don't know what... It's expected of you. How do you go about doing it? And if the expectations are too high, we live in constant conflict. And if the expectations are too low, then then we don't accomplish a whole lot. And so we took the expectations that Jesus gave to us, and we want to live into those three expectations that we clearly communicated last Sunday. And from that, our church board and our staff, we met together. And in our unique context, with our own history and, and where we live and what, who we are, we've come to this mission statement that, that we want to clearly communicate to everyone so that we all know why we are here at Mission Church. Our mission is to authentically love God, to humbly serve one another, and to intentionally share Christ. That's what we're here to do. Right? And, and, and if you're going to join in the membership of this church, this is the expectation that we have of all of our members, existing members and those who, who wish to join the church. But as I have prayed over this mission statement, and I, as I have prayed about God, how do we live this out? We can say we've got to authentically love God, but what is that? How does that look like? Over the next few weeks after our sermon series, we're going to delve into all three of those those points. But as I was thinking about today, there's one more expectation that Jesus shared with his disciples. In fact, Jesus even said, I'm going to give you a brand new command to follow. And so when I saw that, I'm like, I got to share this with the church because this is just as important as anything moving forward for our members to, to embrace. And so, in John chapter 13, verse 30 and 4 and 35, Jesus shares this, these words. He says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
You know, whenever Jesus says something in the Bible, we should pay attention to it. If he repeats it one, one more time, then it's vital that we obey it. But when Jesus repeats something three times, we cannot ignore it, church. And here in this passage of Scripture, he tells us, he, he implores us, he commands us, maybe he expects us. That's a good word for us today because we're talking about expectations. He expects us to love one another. And you know what? This passage of scripture here takes us even further than what Jesus shared in the great commandment when he says to love your neighbor as yourself. And we can say, yeah, we can do that. That's what Jesus calls us to do. I'm going to love Vic like I love myself. And then in this new commandment, Jesus says, hold on, Gordon. I'm going to take you one step deeper, one step further. And I'm going to challenge you not to love your neighbor as yourself but to love one another as I have loved you. That's different. That's completely different. Because then I can't just pick and choose who I love like I'm going to love myself. I need to love everyone the way Jesus loved me. How he forgave me. All the things that I have received from Jesus, the good that has been poured into my life, that is what Jesus calls us to do for one another. And so, church, today, I'm going to add one more expectation to membership here at Mission Church. I'm going to ask you, as the church, the ecclesia, the people, right, to love the church. This is the expectation that we have. It is to obey the great commandment, to obey the great commission, to be the great commitment, hey. but also to love the church. And when I say church, I'm not just talking about this building, which is beautiful. I'm talking about the people, the ecclesia, the called out ones. You are called, you have been called out of this world to be here, but we're also calling you to go out into the world to be representatives of Jesus. And we are called and Members are expected to love one another, to love people, to love this church. And i got to tell you, in just the short time that I have been here, you know what I have found? That there is a lot of good to love about this church. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of great things, and there's a lot of great people in this church to love. But you know what else I have found? That there are some struggles as well, too. And Jesus calls us to love that as well. And we ask you to love one another. You know why? Because everyone else is asked to love you. I was hoping for an amen there. (laughs) When we love one another, you know what happens? There is a unity that is built there's nothing else in the church that, that can replace that, this unity. But when there's, when there's brokenness and discord and, and there's a lack of unity, Jesus said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And my intention is to stand here for a long time. Isn't it yours? We are called 
to love one another. And there's a passage of scripture that is truly foundational in the life of the church. We all know it. And this passage of scripture gives us a beautiful example of how we live into and live out this love that we are called to have for one another. God gives us an example in this passage of Scripture that you all know. And we take this passage for granted. And it's John 3.16. And already you're quoting it in your mind and in your heart. Because it's such a beautiful passage. And, and, and this passage, I say this often, sometimes we just rattle it off and we don't take into account what is being said. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish unto eternal life. What does that mean, right? But when you stop to look at the words and take it in for what it says, man, it is life-changing for God. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And when we talk about loving the church, I want you to look at this passage as the example that God gives to us in how we love. Because I will tell you this, and I believe it sincerely from my heart, that love at its best is a gift that we give to one another. Think of the people that you love. How do you express your love for them? It's by giving them the best of whatever it is that you're giving them. I love my wife, Rochelle. And you know what I want her to have? is the best of who I am. And when I buy things, I don't buy generic things for her anymore because we're doing better. But I used to. <laughs> when we didn't have as much, now I want to lavish her with the very best of things. You know why? Because I love my wife. You guys understand that. You understand how you want to bless the people that you love with the very best. And this is what the example that God gives to us in John 3.16. Look at it. God so loved the world that he gave his best. He gave us his son. And then he gave us eternal life. Because love is expressed so beautifully when we learn that love is a gift that we give. And so, as we talk about love in the context of giving I want you to know that our members, we want you to love God by giving your best. We want you to love the church by giving your best. And so, when we talk about giving, the first thing that comes to mind is, yes, the tithes and offerings. And so, we're going to ask those people who join the church and membership to give with love when you do give. And that's how we want people to give in this church. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, but to love the church so much that you want to see it succeed. And you know that this gift that you give is a gift to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. You know, when I was a young pastor, I grew up in the 80s. And in the 80s, there were a lot of scandals that made it to the media and the news. And, 
And they really highlighted the scandals in the church. And, the, and, and, and I, I, I remember people hearing people say, Ah, oh, the church, all they want is your money. And that's, that, that affected me when I became a pastor. In my church that I was at in Hawaii, I, I, I struggled to preach on giving just because I never wanted anyone in the church to walk out the doors with the last thought in their mind is, this church, all they want is your money. So I very rarely preached on giving. And then I learned something that liberated me from this thought. And you know what I learned? I learned that the people who know the joy of giving, and that's all of us, by the way, because you know how good it feels to give something good to the people that you love. And when you love the church and you give joyfully, you give faithfully and you give generously and you know that joy, those people who give that way want everyone else to know that joy that they have. And that freed me. I want you to know that joy. I want you to know that when you give, God wants you to give with a joyful heart. And you give with a joyful heart when you, when you love deeply. And so, the first thing I say to you, church, is an expectation that we have for you is to love the church. And one of the ways we love is by giving joyfully to the church in your tithes and in your offerings. But it goes deeper than, than giving financially and giving that way. It, what I want to let you know is giving really is about who we are. And, and my call to those who are existing members and those new people who will join the church is that we become people that give our best of who we are to God. And I'm going to ask you to do it in three ways. And I'm going to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, as the model by which we give of ourselves. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the passage of Scripture is right here. It says that the, the, the apostles, the, the disciples, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And what I, when, when I look at this passage of Scripture, this is what I pray we are able to give ourselves to in the best way, like giving our best to this. And so the first thing I want you to know is that we want all the people who join the church in membership to give of themselves to lifelong learning so that you can be the best person you can be for the kingdom of God for your family, for everyone you come into contact with. Isn't it your expectation of me as your pastor to continue to learn and grow in my own walk so that I can be the best pastor here for you at Mission Church? Is that your expectation of me? It ought to be. (laughs) And it wouldn't surprise you then that's our expectation of you. Because this church isn't just the pastor. It's the church. It's all of us. And so, our expectation for one another, we want everyone to learn and to grow and make that a lifelong journey and to do it the best that we can so that your families benefit, the kingdom of God benefits, the church benefits, your spouse benefits, your children benefit, your pastor benefits. You know why? Because you're committed to lifelong learning and growing because you love the church. You love one another. And so that's the first thing. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so what I, what I call on you guys to do is to get involved in a Sunday school class, to get involved in some small groups, to, to be discipled or be someone that disciples someone else. But we all have to be in that, that process of learning and growing. And while you're at it, have some fun. Take a mission, universe, mission church university class. Do photography today. Uh, uh, Dave Barnes is going to teach us how to do auto maintenance 101. Learn how to change your oil and change your tire. We want to offer those things to you as, as a class. Um, and, and Steve Gilbert's here. I saw him there. He's going to teach you how to go surfing. I'm going to take that class. It's going to be so much fun. And, and you know what? This, in these small groups is where these relationships that we cherish blossom and grow. And so church, this is where the love just continues to expand and matures in these small groups. So be committed to a, a life of lifelong learning and growing. The second thing is, give your very best in, in service to God for the kingdom of God. We want everyone to find a place to serve in this church. And I want to pause right here and let you know the heart that I have as the pastor of this church for each person to serve is not for you to get plugged into a place where you really don't really want to be. You know? What my prayer is, because we have enough people in this church that every need in the church that we have where we need someone to fill a, a hole or a gap or a position would be filled by people who have a passion for those areas. And you know what I found by reading this book right here? It's a book called Growing an Engaged Church by Albert um, Winsemann. It's a really good book, by the way. And you know what he says? He makes a distinction between attenders and people who are engaged in the life of the church. A lot of people attend church, but they don't love the church. And, and, and they're doing things in the church. They're serving the church, but... It, it, it depletes them. It takes away from them. At the end of the day, you know, they did something because they were asked to and they offered it their best to God. But there's a different way to do things. Because when you are involved in a ministry of your passion, man, I love this. I love doing this. This is what excites me. And, and I live into that. You know what happens? And I get to do that in my church. Oh, my love for the church grows. That's when we go from being an attender to being engaged in the life of the church. And that is when you begin to love your church even more. And uh, I've seen that happen. It's happening in me. And it happens in other people too. I'm going to invite someone to come up and, and I'm going to ask him to share about his experience over the course of this weekend. You, you all don't know this, but over the weekend, we had some people visit our campus. And uh, they came, and not only did they visit, but they broke into some rooms. <laughs> and, it's, it, you know, none of you know anything about it. But there is a small group of people who have committed themselves to be engaged and involved in a ministry for this church. When those things happen, they respond. Come up, Van. Grab a microphone. And I want to introduce to you Van Ehrenhardt. And Van got a call at 3 a.m. on Friday morning. 
because the person that broke into our church set off the alarm and the alarm company calls someone and there are people who volunteer to receive that call. Can you believe it? And all of those calls, correct me if I'm wrong, come between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Pretty Seems much. to be, yes. <laughs> now, I don't see a lot of people volunteering to serve, to receive that call. But some people do. And I want you to hear why. So, Farron, tell me a little bit about the ministry, briefly, about the ministry that you, you help to serve in. What is it called? It's called Life Safety Ministry, and we've been established now coming up on four years. It was something that the previous pastor just came to me and said, I want you to do this. He's, and I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, well, I don't either. Figure it out. And by God's grace and a lot of research and a lot of help from those who are in the ministry, we call ourselves, we call ourselves a team. We've just developed and we've blossomed and we've grown. And I think a lot of you are aware of us and what we do and what we provide. And uh, you let us exist. And again, it is a ministry. We emphasize to ourselves repeatedly it is a ministry first. But it's also there to help you folks and help anybody who comes on campus. Ben, what did you do before you retired? Before I retired, I was a police officer with the city of Coronado, and I started in 85. I uh, started at a good time, had a good time, and I quit at a good time. <laughs> uh, I was talking with the police officers out here this week, or Saturday morning, wasn't it, Tim? Yeah. My hours are screwed up. That, I'm sorry. Messed up. <laughs> hey, the phone rang. You know, I figured. You know. But... It was like I worked a night shift again, and um, we got to talking, and I said, boy, I'm not envying you folks now anymore, but it was a great opportunity. The Lord blessed me with a lot of experience, a lot of training, and a lot of skills. So, so how does your past experience and being involved in this ministry tie together? Why, do you, why did you volunteer? Why did you come at 4 a.m. in the morning on Friday? Well, I told my wife prior to this my wife, Sandra, who's sitting over here on the right-hand side, um, if something, if I have the ability to stop something from happening at my church and something were to harm my church family and I didn't do anything about it, then it, I would have an extremely heavy burden on myself the rest of my life. I was blessed for three decades, again, with the career that I had, the experience, the training, the skills that I, the Lord was blessed me with. And I was going, when I retired, I said, what am I going to do with all this now that I'm still healthy and I'm able to walk and breathe? And again, that's when through another person, God said, this is what you're going to do. And my team, my ministry, the folks involved in the ministry and others who've listened to me speak before, I have a passion for not only the protection of the people that I love and cherish, which is my church family. I've raised three kids here, and we've been coming since 1989, so it's been a few years. But if I have that ability what am I going to do with the skills and all this background that I have? And that's where the Lord said, this is where I'm going to plug you in. And it's been, especially over the last four years, you hear the news, you hear what's going on. The first day that we were activated, there was a church shooting in Sutherland Springs, um, 
Texas where 27 people were killed. And that was just an affirmation to us that you are doing this, God said, for a reason. I'm not sure if you caught this. Thank you, Van. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm not sure if you heard what he said. But he said, I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. And I love my people. I love this church. And, and, and that's what gets him up at four in the morning to show up here when I'm not here at that time. <laughs> and neither are you. But Van lives into that passion. If you have a passion for children, then, then call Shelly Jane. If you love to sing, then call Roger because he's starting up a choir. If, if you have a, a desire to serve in the ministry that Van serves in, then let Van know. Whatever it is that you have a passion for in this church, my prayer is that you live into that passion and that you serve the church that way. You know why? Because you love this church. You love the people. You want to serve the people who are a part of this church. And you know what? When you do that, you can get up at four in the morning and celebrate the next day because you lived into your passion. Look at Van. He's all excited right now. <laughs> and, 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 and it adds fuel to your fire. It doesn't deplete you. It engages you and it strengthens you. So members, find a place to serve where you're passionate about. And if you need help, come talk to me. We'll, we'll find a place for you. And then the third thing that I want to ask you to do that comes from this passage of Scripture, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, one another, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Church, I'm going to ask our members to be committed and to give your best to pray. Not enough churches say that. And what's worse, not enough churches do it. And if we are not a church that's committed to give our best in prayer, then we're going to be just another church. But I guarantee you, and I can do that because the Word of God tells us, that if we're committed to being a church of prayer, that this place won't be the same. All the empty seats around you, they'll be filled. You know why? Because we are praying that God fills these empty chairs with people who need to know Him and find Him as Lord and Savior. That's what we do when we pray. We pray for lost people. We pray that we can be a powerful impact in this community. We pray that God's presence fills this place every Sunday morning and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday all throughout the week. And when God does all those things, man, this church won't be the same. But I, I struggle to say this. But if we don't pray, it won't get done. You can pray in your home, and we welcome that. You can pray in your Sunday school class, and we welcome that. And you can join us for prayer on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. We come here. And it's pretty cool. We have a QR code outside. You get your phone out, you snap the QR code, and it lists all the prayer requests. So today as you leave, if you find that little sign out there, snap the QR code and you can pray. But there's power when we pray together. So please come. Give your best to prayer. And this place, you will see the benefit tremendously from it in such a powerful way. i got one more person that I want you to meet if you haven't met already. Beth, would you come and join me up here? The moment I walked on campus as your pastor, 
uh, I got the opportunity to meet Beth Smith. And Beth is our administrator in our office. And as I have worked with the staff and I have met all of you, um, Beth and her love for this church stands out to me. It is amazing. And I just wanted her to share from her heart so you can hear that in this church, there are people who truly love the church, who love you. And she's one of them. Beth, would you share your heart? Thank you, mm-hmm. Miss Beth. Um, I am the voice that you hear when you call at Mission Church. And I say, it's a great day to be at Mission Church. How can I help you today? Mm-hmm. And I can't always help you, but I try very hard to make that happen. So um, I just want to share a little bit. I know some of you see me outside, and but we haven't had an opportunity for you to know who I am. So I'm going to share a little bit about where I came from, where I am right now, and how that helps me love the church as well. So <clears throat> just a little bit. I, um, I was born in a little town called Hood River, Oregon. Um, my, my folks were um, working for the Nazarene Church, building churches as contractors, and so they came there to build the church. Um, so they got there and decided to stay for a while. So I did caravans and quizzing and all the, the fun stuff that comes with attending church um, there. Uh, in my teen years, they moved around a little bit because my dad did more contracting with the church, and he sold. Uh, he worked with an architect, and they sold plans to churches in the Northwest, and they built their churches there. So um, that helped keep us busy. Um, and a myriad of things that happened through the years. I went very short time, like half a quarter at NNC, and decided to get married. And about 10 years after that, um, my husband decided to leave. And so I had three little kids to raise. And so that began my journey. Uh, through that time, I stayed faithful to the church. And the church was faithful to me. And God was faithful to me and took care of me and met every need I ever had. And he never left me one time. And so um, once the kids were grown and gone, and I have to say, I have three amazing kids. Um, they all serve Jesus. They're raising their children to raise Jesus. I have a son who's um, a part-time missionary and worship assistant. And... Um, God has blessed me during that time. Once they were all raised and grown, I decided to move to San Diego. And I'd like to say it was to make a life change, but I really came for the sun. <laughs> so a few, a few years after that, um, I had a, a cardiomyopathy, which is, mimics a heart attack and causes stretching of the ventricles and uh, some other things. And so um, I spent about a year off uh, not working, which, if you know me, that's super hard because I'm a worker. And so the day my short-term disability decided to end, um, I said, Lord, I need to go to work, and you need to help me get where I need to be. And the same morning, um, a notification came up saying, Mission Church of Nazarene has senior resume and I got a call 15 minutes later and I came for um, an interview he was a little unsure of me and said well I'll call you when we're when we decide and I didn't make it to the parking lot before he called and said we're sure 
so come here. <laughs> and this has begun my three years journey of working at Mission. And I just want you to know, I love you all so much. I, um, it's not always easy. I mean, I think people are people, and, and we each have our own personality. But I just am so passionate about serving you, serving Pastor Gordon, serving Kelly and Pastor Jeff and our ministry team. And we are a great team, and we want to be here for you and with you. Thank you, Beth. Appreciate that. What I get from Beth's story is this, that she's not here by accident. She's here by divine appointment, right? I mean, all those things that she shared. And you know what else I know? Nobody sitting in this sanctuary and nobody watching online is watching and here by accident. You are all here by divine appointment. And because you are here by divine appointment, by God's desire for you to be a part of this place, then my prayer is, let's live into that as Beth has. And let's live into it by loving our church, by giving our very, very best to the people here. And the last point about giving that I'd like to share, one more thing. Um, I'm going to ask for one more commitment to love in giving in a different way. And that is this, to be forgiving. In a church that's 100 years old with a long history and a long past, there's a lot of good times that has taken place. But I also know that there's some hurt that are, that's a part of that history. And it's time that we forgive. We, we leave those things in the past and we just re- return them over to God. Whatever it is that might be aching your heart right now, if there's, if there's anything at all, Release that. Forgive. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. But this is a message not just about the things of the past. This is a commitment for the future. Who knows? One day I might say something that offends you. I might do something that upsets you. Or within the body, people of the church. And if we make a commitment today as members of this church to love the church enough to have a spirit of forgiveness, because we're talking about loving by giving our best, then we have a great future moving forward. That any new member that comes in and any existing member, if there's conflict, and there will be, but we have a spirit and a heart to love one another, to be forgiving. And we can look at Jesus as our example because when you stop to think of it, when he was hanging on the cross, one of his last prayers, as he looked down on the people that put him on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I think about that prayer as the other Lord's Prayer. (laughs) You all know the Lord's Prayer, right? This is the other Lord's Prayer. One prayer that we might do well to memorize and pray often. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) That will help me in in dealing with difficult people. And it might help you in the same way. The other Lord's Prayer. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And, And when we live in this spirit of love that is beautifully expressed in how we give our best to one another, the future of our church 
is, is bright. Amen? I want to close with this one passage from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, which kind of just captures today's sermon beautifully. Hear the word of the Lord. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievous a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen? Amen. That is the heartbeat for today's message. That is the expectation of today for, for members, that we love the church, that we love God with all of our hearts today. Let's follow God's example in John 3.16 and love the church by giving our very best to God and the church. Amen? Amen. Amen.